0: Hello and welcome back to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. Today I'm joined by Luke, rather than Mieta, so welcome Luke.
1: Thanks, it's uh, good to be, well not good to be filling in for Mieta, but uh, (laughs) happy to be filling in for Mieta as she's on holiday. Um, And yeah, happy to be back on the podcast. Yeah, nice.
0: Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt and Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. All right, so today we were talking about survivorship bias. All right, I'll kick it off. Um, So what is survivorship bias? Where it got its name, I'm pretty sure, is from sort of the original case of it. So back in World War II, uh, there was these uh, there were bombers coming back, uh, and obviously a lot of a lot of them coming back with a lot of significant battle damage on them, and the Air Force or the company that I think it was the Air Force was looking at the damage and saying oh you know we should we should focus on reinforcing these parts and everything because that's where all the damage occurs but one of the uh, chief engineers pointed out that's exactly what it is, survivorship bias the ones that were coming back like let's say they had a whole pile of damage in the in the center of the wing or something it's like well they made it back with that damage whereas if none are coming back with damage say you know, where the wind connects to the fuselage, it's like, oh, well, obviously we need to reinforce that because those ones aren't coming back. So you can easily get this bias when you look only at the survivorship, the data set from what's left or from what's succeeded, and you basically just draw the wrong conclusions from that.
1: Ignore all the failures that just yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's interesting that... (laughs) the airplane one's a good one because I think it's so tangible for a lot of people that the plane came back so you look at where it got shot and you completely forget that there's probably hundreds of thousands of other planes that actually got (laughs) destroyed and didn't come back and that you complete that. Um, And I think there was a good example, well, I had a funny example when actually researching this that kind of comes into that and that there was a study done on on cats, cats. And so the study was performed in 1987. I'll just actually read it because I don't want to get it wrong. They reported that cats who fall from less than six stories and are still alive have greater injuries than cats who fall from higher than six stories. So if the cat falls from less than six stories, they have greater injuries than higher than six stories. (laughs) And the study said that this happens because cats reach terminal velocity, right? After writing themselves at about five stories, and then after this point they relax, leading to less severe injuries. However, they said that another another possible explanation for this phenomenon is that cats that die in falls are less likely to be brought to the vets than injured cats, and thus many of the cats killed in falls from higher buildings are not reported in the studies. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Kind of like the planes; like you kind of look at the the ones that survive and take all the data and do a whole report based on that but ignore a very bunch of data. That yeah, right. Cats that actually died. and
0: <laughs> Greater than six stories, they yeah. likely just went splat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same with the planes. I guess, like, having more key parts of the plane actually resulted in them being destroyed. Yeah. And not
0: yeah, because if you look that up, there's actually a diagram from from that analysis of where all the damage is and you go oh yeah but then you look at it immediately and you go oh yeah it's all on the fuselage or the wings like there's, <laughs> there's no marks on the engines because i guess if you hit an engine <laughs> that's it it's gone yeah interesting well, this can get quite interesting um, we see it a lot in business you know people looking i think that's in two places actually but the, the one that stands out is i suppose people looking for advice or like the hot tips and stuff like that. Looking to books, to uh, obviously podcasts, videos. A lot of online content now these days. Um, what what do these successful people do? How do they? I don't know. You see stuff like, um, oh, successful people get up at four in the morning. Yeah. You know this sort of thing, and that's all like fine. That. And that, it's probably not that detrimental, but we don't know. Like, it could be. They, they could be the one in 80 people that getting up at four in the morning actually is successful for. And for 79 out of 80 people, if they got up at four in the morning, they're burnt out halfway through the day and they're actually unproductive. Like,
1: Yeah. I think that's, like, coming, like, quite prevalent now in terms of this kind of, like, online era where entrepreneurs are, like, it's cool to be an entrepreneur. It's yeah. Cool to... You know start your own business and this is i mean starting a new business is probably like the key kind of aspect where um survivor bias is there right like so many people start businesses and then if the business fails you don't hear about it and you only actually hear about the successful ones so you think that just because that business survived that that must be a good business and the way that that business stayed and yeah. survived is the way that you should run your business if you were to start one yeah exactly
0: that's actually it's funny you said it's actually my um probably i didn't realize at the time but probably my first example of survivorship bias i remember i was i don't don't actually remember how old i was probably at high school or something and um i don't know we had some family friends around maybe for like one of my parents birthdays or something i I don't know why you know like barbecue drinks at the house house, whatever it was um, and I just remember, I, maybe I had to go get someone from the dairy or something, but I remember being out on the street and noticing like, I don't know, it was a certain, I, was a, I don't know what age this is, but you notice like cars and how nice they are. Yeah. Like up until a certain point. Well, you, you know just,
1: a nice car from a a normal car. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know what it is. Up until a certain point, you just pay no attention to what cars people drive and then, Yeah. yeah. And just noticing, I don't know, there was, there was like a brand new maybe BMW and brand new Audi or something there and being like, oh, that's nice. And then being like, oh, that like remembering, oh, that blah, blah, blah cars inside. And then being like, they have a lot of nice stuff. And like, I don't know, just thinking about this and then being like, oh, they both own their own business. And asking dad about it, being like, oh, how come they like so well, is that from owning their own business? Oh yeah, they've done pretty well for themselves. You know, they've got a, a built built good little businesses sort of thing I was like well if like if they're sort of they were like our richest family friends right Yeah. so if if they're if they're so rich then how come everyone doesn't start their own business oh well I've got plenty more mates who did and all I've got is a bigger mortgage now
1: yeah (laughs) I think that's a that's a key part to like survivorship bias though is that you disregard or like the failures are ignored Mm. like not only is it that those guys that went into business or like the planes came back but we like ignore the other information so it's like oh why doesn't everyone get in there and it's like not that no one has tried but you don't hear about your dad's friends that started businesses and failed like he's not going to tell you about yeah yeah. you kind of see this very skewed view yeah the same with like i mean even taking that example to another extreme like Steve Jobs and all those other guys that you know, they dropped out of <laughs> yeah. university. Oh, is it Steve? Yeah, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs uh, and yeah, Bill Gates and stuff Yeah, like Zuckerberg, that. yeah. They, they all dropped out of university to go on to come up with these like multi billion dollar companies. And then, so I can just imagine sitting like in your university lecturer being like, well, they survived and, like, they dropped out of uni so I can drop yeah. out of uni. Yeah,
0: like, oh, I mean, you literally see that on, like, Instagram posts and stuff, people being like, oh, you know, like, there's motivation things, but misguided motivation where it's like, oh, they didn't need university, neither do you. It's like, yeah, you're not
1: Steve Jobs. But, like, <laughs> if you probably looked at the stats of people that dropped out of uni versus people that stayed at uni, I mean, there's probably a couple of outliers, but there's probably a whole bunch of guys that, Finished uni and still became very successful. Yeah, exactly. But maybe not to the same same level.
0: People just love to point to them. And generally, those guys dropped out because they already... Were geniuses. And, were the, and they already had the businesses. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure, like, at least with... Well, Zuckerberg, definitely. At least, I think, with Jobs and Gates, they were already, like, running... Obviously, Microsoft was, like, this tiny business then. Yeah. But they were already sort of running it and doing something with it. And they dropped out to pursue that, not they just casually dropped out as well. It's like that same, yeah, it's the exact same thing where people just...
1: I guess that survivorship bias that we even give them now is that, well, maybe not survivorship bias, that they were already smart, like we were already giving them that bias. That yeah. Bias. They were they would have made it whether they stayed in uni or...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, um, just on the... Talking about them, yeah, the other thing is with, like, you see it with, like, interviews with CEOs and things, now it's like, oh, what can you do to be successful? And, yeah, it's all this, like, almost bad advice or stuff that they do. It's like, well, without context, I guess it's the the whole problem with survivorship bias in this context is it's sample size of one, right? So you can't say whether it's effective or not.
1: Do you think there's something in, like, this kind of goes against it, I guess, for survivorship bias, but, like, you know how people say, well, if you just keep going like you're going to be successful so is there like let's say i did start a business and to some extent like when the first obstacle comes a lot of people quit but then i mean it survives but a lot of it comes down to the owner then just keeping pushing through so is there some kind of actual
0: yeah, I think just because you keep pushing doesn't magically mean it's going to... I mean, if you stick with something longer, you're going to get better at it, you're going to have more opportunities statistically, all that sort of thing. But, yeah, I think that's actually a prime example of it because they're like, oh, well, if you just didn't stick with it long enough. It's like, oh, well, I ran out of money and I had to feed my kids or yeah, whatever. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I think a lot of it then also comes down... Like, this, like both of the stats, right? The failures are ignored. And survivorship bias but at the same time a lot of people probably fail at the first obstacle they come to as well yeah. and they I think we were talking before about the um, the mutual funds and the stock markets right like you take away all the I mean the whole S&P 500 is based on that right like, yeah they look like they look like they only is trend it, is upwards it quarterly or when do they get re yeah I think quarterly yeah, yeah quarterly so, so they drop out the guys so the that aren't Duds, doing so well yeah or the
0: companies that go under are just by definition no longer included in the exchange data Excellent. so it's only the ones that have gone up the, so the
1: S&P 500 can only really go up yeah long term Long
0: term. and um, uh, yeah I was reading the thing that prime example of this finance companies used to like use that I don't, I don't think they can anymore but they would like intentionally drop out like the underperformers and then be like oh our portfolio has performed this much in the last year yeah but now they have to include everything that they ha- held in that last year, including the underperformers. But they would just clear out the crap like the day before the end of the financial year and then be like, oh, look how well our fund did. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> I mean, I don't, no, you've probably had the same thing, but I've had it. Like investing in shares and then you invest in a company and it goes really well and then it gets put into like a little index of some sort and the share price goes up a bit. But then once the share price goes down a little bit, then they get cut from that index. <laughs> yeah. and then it tanks even more because yeah. there's like a whole bunch of institutional investors that have to buy a certain amount of those yeah. funds that come in. So you think that you're because it's in the index that you're buying a safe company. But if it drops but if it, drops out, it drops then it drops out of the index yeah. and you're even worse off than when it was first there. So
0: Yeah. And so I suppose people are listening and they're thinking, oh where's this gonna be? You know other than if I'm looking for advice from CEOs I think where we see this in business is people talking about, yeah, like talking about things that worked. So, if I we went to a conference over the weekend, right? Let's say we've been to like a different conference every year for the last ten years, and then we talk, and then this one like kicks off and it really launched our business. And then you you constantly be talking in meetings about oh, no, we need more marketing budget for this conference sort of thing. And yeah. it's like, oh, whoa. Well, it looks like that. And if you look at the data, you go, oh, heaps of leads came from this conference, so whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you had, let's say, we had been to all these other conferences that have failed, you're actually not looking at the right data set. I think that's the issue, is people aren't looking at the whole data set. They're just looking at this one point. And, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard this in customers' sales meetings about the success of marketing campaigns, yeah, right. And they focus on the one that succeeds, right? And they go, "Oh, we should pour money into Do it." Do
1: more like this one, yeah, yeah.
0: But they might have done, yeah. They might be like, "Oh, this Google Ads campaign has gone nuts, so we really need to like double, double down, down on, on Google AdWords." And it's like, but the last six didn't. So maybe you need to. Maybe you've got the formula right now, and we can we can test that. Or maybe it's the fact that it's a, just an outlier, and we've all forgotten about the six that we don't put money into anymore.
1: But also, I think even on top of that, like the one, the one that did survive, has only probably got. And this goes for any pr- like product or um, service. Oh, maybe service offerings were different, but product like one can blow up and send your business sky high. But then you also need to like innovate and have more products, right? Like the yeah. one of av- that like. You don't want to be the one hit pony or the one kind of like marketing thing that goes really well. Then you get all these kind of customers and then you still need to back that up with more marketing campaigns that go really well. And that, I think like the planes, you have one plane that comes back and it's not destroyed, but you can't learn from that success. You need to learn from all the failed attempts to make sure that yeah more planes come back. <laughs> yeah. Plane. yeah, that makes sense. This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackbowdenthinking.com to sign up now. Which is the bias, right? You look at what went well and you're like, okay. I mean, you can still learn from the one that went well, but there's a lot more learnings, I think, that happen from failures. Yeah. Places that you can improve, things that you can improve on from failures rather than things that go well. Because otherwise, you're kind of just guessing as well, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah you are, yeah. You're just guessing as to what worked and why if you're just only looking at one side of the data. I think actually an interesting example of that, how you say that, is Google versus Apple. So Google, if you look, they have so many products that have discontinued. Yeah, like right. the what was the term? <laughs> Throw shit at the wall until something, yeah, sticks. something sticks. Like yeah. that obviously they're smarter yeah. than that. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. Google's engineering team's that stupid. But obviously they're willing to just try something. And if it doesn't work, just drop it. And if somebody looks at it, would you go, if you ask the average person, oh, are Google's products like all successful? They'd be like, oh yeah, I think they all are. Like if I think of their phones, you know, their search engine, their email. But all they're doing is listing all the things that survived. Yeah. And obviously Apple's got a different philosophy. They like don't launch something unless they're absolutely convinced it's going to work. But Google's got more of like a test and measure. And maybe Apple does that internally. I I don't know how Apple does it, but it's just an interesting difference that Google, Google doesn't care if they put crap into the market and then it fails and it drops off maybe this is why survivorship right. bias. no one remembers like i don't i couldn't list any of their yeah, things you only remember
1: the, the ones that actually worked right yeah do you reckon if if, if google had a monumentous failure though that you would remember it more than the failures I don't know. maybe
0: but i think you'd still sort of forget unless it like really i don't know upset people or something somehow yeah. like really you know, like if Gmail right now just absolutely collapsed, or the, I, don't, I don't know how this would happen, but all the servers, everyone's emails got wiped, all the backups, everything, like, gone forever, it would be like this known thing for a long time, like, oh, remember the Gmail collapse? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but sure. beyond that, like, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think if there's anything from Google that I can't remember that's, you know, just disappeared. They ever make like a, I don't, oh, this is not Google, but, like, Microsoft made phones for a bit, or Microsoft
1: right? Edge or something like that. <laughs>
0: oh, that's... Like on oh, everyone's... It <laughs> yeah. comes on everyone's laptops now. <laughs> yeah. But Microsoft made phones for a while, remember? No. Like, Windows... Remember. No, what was it called? Windows phones. Yeah, Windows phones.
1: Oh, I briefly remember. No, everything just, was real square even on even them. Like, yeah, they even had, like the old Microsoft kind of like squares on the apps and, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, nah, yeah, I don't yeah I think they pulled out like Nokia to try and make it work and then <laughs> tanked it or something but yeah just but yeah no one remembers it because no.
1: Google like Microsoft is Microsoft yeah name.
0: if you said like oh does Microsoft launch successful products but yeah and then yeah of course you go oh what about one that's failed you go oh I can't really but think but they probably it.
1: learned from it as well right like yeah, this surely. Was staying late.
0: Yeah. Double down on like surface and stuff. Yeah.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think the main way you see this in the, the main way Obviously you can fall for it yourself, but probably to look out for it in business is people with an agenda, right? It's pro- <laughs> These biases are funny actually because when we get to this point about like overcoming them, often it's half like, "Oh, you've just got to you know weigh the data up better yourself or the information sort of thing which is true in this case as well but it's easy for others to use stuff against us and i think this is a prime example of they might not people might not be trying to be malicious i usually like to assume with anything to do with you know our courses and our logic structures we always tell people you know if you if you say why is your team member doing this or why is this other person doing this Always Don't assume the answer is because they're trying to be a dick or because they're trying to ruin something. That's yeah. just a cop-out because you haven't thought about it. You don't like what they're doing. Like, Assume they're not being malicious and think about why they're doing it. If you think in this case, it's just people are, A, trying to do a good job and, B, probably falling into this trap themselves. And they're just thinking, oh, this has worked really well. In the past. Yeah, and so they're pushing it. And they want to be seen to be doing a good job, I suppose, as well. So they're pushing this thing that they're excited about and has worked and things. And they're not necessarily thinking about, they're not necessarily thinking about the fact that, you know, they might be subject to survivorship bias. So if you're listening, if you're the receiving end of a internal pitch or whatever.
1: Well, I think even as like an employee, if you know that something works, like let's say you're given a project, you're going to look at successful projects that have survived in the past and kind of base whatever you want to do off that, but not necessarily look at failed projects and learn from them, if that makes sense. (laughs) This is so true. Which is probably like when you actually think about it, like, oh, like coming from someone who's done projects before, I'd always look and try and, like if I was given, oh, go do this project, I'd go, okay, what was a successful one? And base, oh, because that one was successful... That should work here, <laughs> but you don't actually take like. Yeah, I know like I wouldn't do that because one of the core things that like people in our business have said is that like you don't copy and paste. Like yeah, yeah, every yeah. business is different. Like you're going to have Back to first actually, principles. First, yeah, first yeah. principles take into account all the information, but it's so easy to go. This worked at a business that's similar. Same with the marketing campaign, right? Like if you were a marketing company and you're like, oh, here's a toy company we did. This one for a toy company in the past, it should work for this one. It's not necessarily the same, but this is survivorship bias goes, this one survived, this one did really well in the past. Yeah. Let's do it again without taking, yeah, first principles and actually taking in all the data.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes me think as well of, like, testimonials. Yeah. Like, everywhere you look, they go, oh, cover your website and testimonials. You know, people buy myself testimonials. But if you think about it logically, it's a fucking a waste of time yeah like, <laughs> like yeah. you're only gonna put up the good testimonials anyway i remember years ago we had this um guy who wanted some testimonial like oh it was like right on the verge of buying a project and he was like um this wasn't i wasn't selling it Someone else in the company was but it, it was like oh i want to know like what it's like from the customer's perspective can you keep put me in touch with someone but then he was like oh I don't really want testimonials sort of thing because that's all your good stories. And so the guy selling it from, from our company, yeah. um, James, was like, well, how about I put you in touch with someone where where it went disastrous, where it went really wrong yeah, and we had to come back in and fix it. And, of course, we did that off our own back and everything. Do you want to talk to him? And he's like, oh, yeah, right. And, of course, this guy's story is like, I, I hated these guys for, like, three weeks. I was like, you've ruined my company. But, of course, then came back, fixed it, and things went... Better than ever, and he's like, "Oh, well, now I I love it." But
1: now, now that you talk <laughs> about that, that's actually like when I I've just come over to Sydney for like a week, and so you look at Airbnbs, yeah, and the same thing is like you look, like, oh, there's all these good ratings, which is like great, but then oh, I also look for the one star, that like, oh, yeah. well, why didn't this person actually like it?
0: Yeah. Sometimes those middle stars are ideal,
1: but if you didn't look at then you just looked at the survivorship bias. Like, I used, I used to work for a company that's—won't uh, name names—but like they sold small, like uh, consumer goods, like kind of it was like an e-commerce kind oh, yeah, of site. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like it's very rare that people would actually leave reviews. So if we had, I mean, we'd still leave a review, but we would have had to try the product. So technically, it's own our own personal review yeah we used to get a free product every month from them so we would try it and then we one of the conditions of the free product was we try it it's also good for selling it in the store Mm. by telling them the benefits that we got out of it but then we also had to write a review now we weren't ever going to write a bad review right so the the survivorship bias is like well all these products are great but we don't we're giving a kind of a skewed view that, like, if someone comes in and like, "Oh, this is the best product X." There's yeah. lots of other options, but you get a skewed kind of bias based on the good reviews or like. In some
0: some senses, though, that's almost like you almost get a good thing from survivorship bias. Like, if you had customers talking like talking shit about one of your products, you probably stop like stop selling it. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, you end you up with a kind of products, like a... Yeah. The positive version of this is you probably end up with the survivorship bias of actually the good products in the store.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, bad products kind of go away. I guess that's kind of like the, sh- the stocks we were talking about before, right? Like if you yeah. only buy S&P 500 stocks, like the, if you only buy them, the majority of the stocks you buy are going to go up if you're hitting near the top of the s&p 500 one yeah as opposed to if you were kind of doing your own research and being like (laughs) as we've done in the
0: past taking a punt on a spiky mining stock. yeah
1: Yeah. that's interesting all right so what are your
0: so what are your what are your tips for others or you can do yourself to try and not, not fall Suspect to this I guess, the same future
1: Yeah I guess taking into account all f- I, Like you said before I guess first principles For anything Is like what is the actual Lay of the land so to speak it's Like yes we have these success stories And we can take From the survivorship bias The positives But also look at the, the crashed aeroplane So to speak and think like what what could we take from that? Also, the failures to protect us from that not happening again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely taking into account all factors and um, how you can move forward. Whether that be a project, a marketing campaign. I think even like for businesses, like staff, staff would be a big one. Like, oh, this was a good staff member, but like, what if? Like you also learn from the bad staff members or things like that i don't know in terms of a business sense yeah Pro- projects would be a big thing for me like what what happened in bad projects and how can we prevent that happening again yeah as opposed to copying pasting just the perfect project plan that might have just happened because of coincidence
0: yeah yeah it's true that's just, the thing right just that's everything came
1: together well in this one and the business we worked with we're really good we go into on another one where the you know business owner might not be as on board and it turns to crack that's business. it
0: sometimes you bolt into some businesses and it's just the culture that they're just they're keen on change they're happy to listen to external advice all the staff are the same they're like cool what are we doing and it's like oh well if you take your learnings from that and try and apply it to the next one yeah yeah,
1: yeah.
0: um yeah i think this yeah looking at the broader data right um i think it's the biggest thing is like someone comes to you and says, "Oh, this marketing campaign's going really well, or whatever." Looking at, oh, okay, well, have you ever tried? Have we ever tried this before? And what did we do? And yeah, if you line up like the ten times you tried the same approach, and the last one's worked, but you can distinguish the one thing you did differently, then it's like, oh, cool. Maybe we should double down on testing that one thing, but not just being like, oh, these campaigns work mad. It's like, okay, well, you know, what is the bigger picture of yeah?
1: yeah. I think there's like probably certain things in like survivorship bias that you draw on. Like it's about really analyzing like the survivor and not taking that for like gospel, so to speak, but like what act- like the cause and effect, what mm. actually got them there. Yep. Like I'm just thinking, and as you were saying that, like um, in this era of like influences and like social media, there's those guys that would have been, survived like youtubers and survived like instagram influencers that you can look at them and be like oh, oh they got there from classic actually yeah. right but it's like yeah they got there from consistency and like i mean there's so many probably people that started youtube channels or like were quite big on instagram early days and yeah. now aren't there but it's like consistency it's like moving with the market and the times as to what people were going like now TikTok comes up like yeah. do you switch to that and that's survivorship bias but you don't actually when you look at them you don't see a lot of the hard work
0: and it's and it's looking at the wrong thing right you like you go oh thing. I'm looking at these successful YouTubers and they're they're real loud and like they yell at their thing so I should do that rather than being like well there's lots of you know there's actually lots of YouTubers that and are quite should, quiet yeah <laughs> And they do really well, too, but the, the thing that all of them have in common, as you say, is, say, the consistency. Like, I know that that's, like, a data-proven thing yeah. that...
1: It's knowing your market as well, like, who your audience is, not the whole general yeah. kind of like populace. Like there's little things that make them survive. Same, I guess, with the planes, right? Like, there would have been things that made that plane survive that you can take away, but you shouldn't just purely base it off the one successful YouTuber you see yeah exactly
0: case. or be like oh I should just quit and become a YouTuber it seems fairly easy just vlog my life look how successful they are yeah. they make you know some of them make millions like oh mad but it's like well yeah but there's for every one that makes millions probably on YouTube there's probably a hundred thousand maybe even a million who make nothing yeah yeah that's true
1: but yeah so taking into account all the factors I guess is yeah the key not copy and pasting would be my biggest takeaway
0: not copy and pasting Starting, What are you doing look at the go back to first principles or look at as you said the cause and effect of how they got there not just jump to conclusions from attributes yeah yep makes sense yeah and mine would be yeah broader data set if you can if you can get it um looking outside the example you see to what have we done over the last two years what's happened here you know like what are the ones that have gone wrong all of that Cool, alright.
1: Bit of a different one.
0: Yeah, hopefully that was uh, still educational and helpful.
1: I'm sure Mert will be back for the next day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Back from a holiday. Alright, thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, catch you next time.
1: Yep, see you later.